This is Leisha Holmes and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast brought to you by Hoxo Media. And I felt really honoured when this guest today actually approached me via LinkedIn and we follow each other's content and have done avidly for some time because he felt that he had a really important, compelling story to share with you, our audience. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce to you all today, Ian Moyce, who is the Chief Revenue Officer for At One Up Sales, and he's also a blogger and social media influencer. Welcome to you today, Ian. How are you? Hi, Alicia. I'm good. Good. And good, good to talk about this subject. I've been, as you may mention, I've been through the recruitment process recently, and also I've been on the hiring side many a time, as I am sat in the seat doing that and finishing yeah. off some hiring right now. Absolutely. And I think it's really important because to date we've had a number, you know, I think we're in about up to about 60 odd guests on our podcast, which is an absolute joy to say. We've not really talked about the aspect of coming at it from a job seeker's point of view. And and given that uh, you are a listener, you're probably listening to this as a recruiter, an active recruiter or a hiring leader. We felt it was really important to sort of share the mindset of what a job seeker goes through. So you've recently experienced this and how was that? How did it feel? What what was the perception of you internally, but also the, the reception you were getting from recruiters and from hiring leaders? Sure. So, so I, I, and I talked to a, a number of people in, in these positions, right? I've, I've had several of my prior salespeople decide to leave their position and go on the market without another job to go to. Um, and I've coached them and worked with them and discussed it. So it's not just my opinion. I've got fairly good context from recent months of other individuals. And I think everyone right now thinks, well, it's worse and COVID and all the rest, right? But the, but the fundamental is the same. You're looking to get a job. You're looking to match up with something where they need skills and expertise that you can bring to it. But I, I've continually had, through my career in, in this period, in, in that sort of process, um, had some frustration. So let me tell you what, what I saw recently, right? Um, that you don't always know from the candidate side or you don't know how to deal with. Um, one is, um, how do I ensure, how do I know that I'm getting visibility in the way I want? And what I mean by that is, um, you know, I became aware, certainly more aware this time of you submit a CV is a human actually looking at that and giving you the time? You've spent the time to write it yep. and, and we'll come on maybe to talk about the, the polish side, what you can do and, and how I try and stand out, make things different. But you've taken the time to put this together and make the effort to apply. Couple of things. One is, one frustration as a candidate is the number of forms that you have to go through to apply. And I get for every individual, it's well, we wanna put you through these gates. Yes. But if you're a candidate applying to 10 or 20 or, fit or whatever jobs because you need a role, it gets very frustrating going, coming onto a, a particularly corporation's website where you'll get upload, link your LinkedIn profile or upload your CV and it will fill it all in for you. Right. And do you know what? It doesn't fill it in for you. And let's be blunt because, I, and I spoke to, I, I, as I say, my other colleagues and stuff going through the same process and we had that chat of oh my god you do so so it wasn't an agenda it's just a mate's chat of we're all we're all having the same problem because we're trying to figure out is it my cv causing this where it pre-fills it in for you and then you have to basically go through and re-key it all anyway because it's taken the wrong things so it's great if it worked Mm -hmm. but typically for the candidate it doesn't it's always like the people who've put these in place haven't tested it with some cvs and seen the experience 
of the candidate who may be a valuable asset to their business in the future. The first experience is, oh my God, I've now got to spend 45 minutes correcting all the things in the boxes that it's put stuff in to make my application have any credence that it will be looked at. And you do, and it's great. Oh, it's only 45 minutes. Yeah, but not if you've applied for five no, in a day. You can easily absolutely. spend. You become a keyboard warrior, right? You've done all the work of putting it in your CV and on your LinkedIn and getting it all ready. And now you're re-keying again and again and again. The second frustration layer on that is the automation. Am I even getting seen? Yes. Because mm-hmm. I've spoke, I spoke to some people and I ran my CV through some online tests that I found that you could do that basically said, we'll test your CV through the engines that many of the recruiters or corporates will test to show you what, what will come out. And I was shocked to find what, what it displayed would come out as the headline that it would analyze me on was, well, that, that doesn't represent me well at all. Right. But it's all in the CV. How, how, where's it, how's it doing that? Is it looking for the most repeated word? Is it, you know, and they use that to shortlist. Mm. So, you know, I got into the position of, are the ones where I'm, a, I think I'm a slam dunk candidate for this. If I had the conversation with someone, I may not get the role, but I'm certainly going to be a valued candidate where I didn't even get considered. And is it because some AI engine didn't do it the right way and didn't put me into the the right bucket? And you never get a second conversation, right? You get an automated email maybe a month later. I'm afraid we've moved ahead without. Yeah. So, you know, the difficulty for the candidate is what do you do about that? If if I knew what to do about it, I'd fix it. To, to, how do I, how do I get intervention, isn't it? And, and every, those two major points you just talked about are why I really wanted to talk about this topic today, because we are at a, a very critical point as recruiters where we can use AI and technology to our advantage. But the reality of two things you've mentioned there, the parsing, which, you know, I use it on my system, CV parsing, but I will yeah. still, as a human being, look at the CV make sure everything's correct. No, I don't want their work email going on there because I don't want to ever email them at work. It'll be their home email address. Well, that's not yeah. their mobile number. That's their office number. So that's where it, it, I agree with you. Are people, is the user experience valid and is it going to allow the right talent to be matched up? And then the second part, which is for me, and I appreciate that there are going to be some leaders listening where they're in high volume, high, you know, there's high levels of numbers of people coming in for applications. But I agree with you that it's about behaviors, it's about skills, it's about experience. And I maintain that to make yourself, you know, as a business, if, you, if you're investing a lot of your, a proportion of your revenue in marketing, branding, value proposition, that means nothing if you're not engaging with your future talent and if the way you're engaging with them is through software that has these, I mean, I'm not, I'm not an IT person, but it's not working. And it's, and your, your experience proves. If it it took my CV or my LinkedIn profile and got 99% and, you know, a high percentage of it right. And I just had to check a couple of bits. Fine. My experience is it doesn't. I, but you might as well keyed it in yourself. And every time you, you end, you do it that way because you're hoping when I get there, a lot of the work's so so on that basis then you you're you've got a really important i guess moral obligation here which is why you wanted to come on the show to to our listener which is aspiring and existing leaders so they're hiring for their own businesses 
what would you do if you were in their shoes right now to make the experience for job seekers even if like you say you don't get the job but at least let me engage with you what can they do to ensure their processes are better for engaging with people like yourself regardless of what the job is we interrupt this episode of the recruiters recruitment podcast to bring you a message from our wonderful sponsors over at hoxo media now recruitment agencies invest heavily in linkedin licenses because ultimately it's where we're all at given that we spend an average one to two hours a day on our phones the rest of the time is spent scrolling through linkedin looking for unicorn candidates and target clients Now, if we look at the recruitment training programs that are available, they tend to be focused around outbound phone sales and leadership skills. So how do you, our listener, maximize the huge investment of time and money that is spent on LinkedIn? Well, this is where Hoxo Media is solving this problem for hundreds of recruitment agencies. And we want to share this message with you. Their academy program allows recruiters across the globe being coached in how to optimize their LinkedIn profile, creating daily habits for building out that unbelievable audience, that target audience, where they're producing their own valuable content that engages the right people and ultimately drives content into inbound sales conversations. As I mentioned, they're working with hundreds of recruitment agencies and there are over 300 recruiters every month enrolling on the academy which enables them to increase their knowledge in how to basically develop the best content and maximize the results from LinkedIn. And to be honest with you, the testimonies have been absolutely incredible. So by enrolling in the academy with just one single payment, you can train your entire business for 12 months, which is why I'm so excited to share this message with you, our listener. So if you're a traditional recruiter like me, and you're an owner of a business or you've got teams working for you who rely on outbound calls to attract clients and candidates, then really you do need to listen to this message and get in touch. You might find that you are using LinkedIn, but perhaps just for sharing jobs on there and you struggle generally for um, original content ideas and ultimately the confidence to actually know what is going to be good content for driving that inbound business. So I would love you to speak to Hoxo Media. Drop me a DM either on the link on this message on this episode or send me a WhatsApp and I can give you more information on how your agency can benefit from joining this programme. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Yeah, so I, I think a number of things and I'm, I'm recruiting or I've just completed the recruiting phase at the moment. So I, I, I give some examples that I've done. So A, make sure that the job spec is appropriate to what you're looking for and not a corporate copied version. I've seen that many a time where it's lift the old version that we used last year and use one. And actually that one isn't then what you get questioned about. And I've been in that as a candidate where you're going through the process and well, this doesn't seem to align to what the spec, there's loads of stuff now coming out that should have been in the spec Mm. that weren't because you've used a template, you've you've basically been a bit lazy on the front end as to rather than updating it and personalizing it, you just said, we use the one we used before, it's close, it's good enough, that'll that'll get us candidates. It might shortlist, it might shorten your candidate list, right? But it might mean the ones you do get are more quality and you don't have to go through so many. That's the whole point, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the more information you can give to the candidate, the the better in terms of the reality. Why, Why... stuff back if it puts them off that's a good thing because it qualifies them out 
of entering into the process and giving you more. I don't want 200 CVs. If I put a job spec up, I don't want 200. No. I'd rather have 10, but of course you would. they're pretty good spec and seven of them I, I want to look at, for example. Not give me 200 and I end up with seven anyway, but I've just got more effort to get there. Help, help people to qualify themselves out. Um, and engage with those people both for and after. I know it takes a bit of time, but for example, all of the individuals that I've had through the process, where I've even where I've looked at the looked at the CV and their LinkedIn and just thought I can it just doesn't float the boat for me. For example, they've had too many short roles in a row. For example, there's there's something that doesn't fit where they're located abroad and we need someone fit. I know that all remote working now, but whatever it is. I've gone back to them when I've rejected them and told them that and said, look, if it helps you with any feedback, I noticed a few spelling mistakes in, in, in your CV. I noticed your CV and your LinkedIn don't correlate on the dates. Yeah. I've given and I've had numerous emails back from them saying with with thank thank you so much for responding and giving me some feedback. I I appreciate that because I don't normally get that. And and you know what? They're never gonna forget you for that. And they will go out their way. You know that that what did that take to do that email? Five seconds, 10 seconds, 20 yeah. seconds? I've already spotted the errors, right? Because I've already, to... you've done it. Just you've feed that back. Yeah. yeah, give them a bit of feedback. And a couple of them I pointed to, you might want to do this or have a look at this podcast I did or have a look at this CV tool I came across. It might help a bit. You know, if they want to ignore that, that that's their prerogative. But I haven't had anyone take it negatively. It's, and, you know, why wouldn't you do that give a bit of value back because you've just done it and it's a human being you're dealing with and right now there are a lot of people in uh, precarious positions agreed because of what, what what's happened in the world that we all know of right so totally. to me, it's give, give a bit it, of value back it doesn't take long it is and you know what you might just but you might be that sliding door moment you don't know you are but you might be for that person to go right well that clearly wasn't right but i'm going to go and do that i get i must get in a week I don't know, a dozen, 20 messages on LinkedIn from non-recruiters who will say, you know, maybe they're just, they've just come across my profile, they can see that I'm in recruitment. They don't necessarily go to the nitty gritty and they say, look, I'm looking for a new role in X. Can you help me? And I go, literally it takes me 10 seconds. I'm so sorry. That's not what I do, but I'm going to signpost you to so-and-so. So it took me 10 seconds and I'm passing them on. And what I'm doing is I'm passing them on saying, you go and speak to that person. I don't know. I don't want a referral fee for it. I'm doing it because I want to help that person. It took me 10 seconds. Now, if I added that up, what's that? Two minutes of my week. But how many people then from that are going to go and do something positive? Yeah. I just, I'll, I'll that, so important. In that, in, yeah, and I'll tell you why also, if I may, in that first bit you discussed with me, to a degree, as a candidate, sometimes you feel like cattle being prodded around. Right. Or a, a, I'll, be, I'll be blunt. Sometimes it feels like there. It, 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 the only value you've got is for someone's commission. Yeah. As a, and I recognise that. I recognise that's the job, but I don't want to feel that. I don't want to feel that way. I want to feel like mm. there's some compassion because you're dealing with a human being. Yeah. And a, a very important part of their life, a job decision, a career yeah. decision. Yeah. Um. And, and sometimes I don't feel that. And I've had occasionally someone go above and beyond right and, and take that time to feedback and give me that feedback, number one, which I valued. Yes. And, and two, to, to, to not just ping me, oh yeah, we're not interested, to reach out. I've had a couple even call me and say, look, we thought you're a great candidate and I just wanted to let you know why we didn't and boom. 
it just felt okay that's a better way of letting me down than and all some of them feel like an automated electronic absolutely system. computer says no do you know what honestly i've got goosebumps all up and down me because to me this the whole point of this podcast is to create a better industry to share best practice and just to remind us all that we're all human beings together and we've all got different experiences and and this all started in covid this podcast where we're all in the same storm but in different boats and all those analogies but everything that you've just said there is there but for the grace of God go I and how many of you are listening to this now as recruiters and can hand on heart say you've not stopped sometimes and just gone what if I was in that position stop and think what if I have a little bit of you know objectivity it will take and I know we're all very time poor I'm saying that as exceptionally time poor you know single parent running a full-time business but I always respond back to every single message I get, even if it's literally, I'm so sorry, I can't help go and speak to John, go and speak, I'm really sorry, we don't recruit outside the UK, whatever it is, takes a few minutes of your time. And I promise you, it makes an impact. Thank you so much for raising that point. So given that you've gone through, and I know you you know, we, we are going to come on to your new job in a minute, what do you think, if, so if you're listening to this and, you know, there are plenty of recruiters that are still in precarious positions, maybe they're still on part-time furlough, which is fine, but yep. you're actually worried about the security of your job. So you're potentially thinking about becoming a job seeker. What do you think, what would your top tips be to make you stand out as a job seeker? Sure, so I'll, I'll wrap off a few that, that, that I did, right? Number one, I, I treat look, getting a job as a job. Right, i.e. it's it's not a little thing where you poke at it and and you reach out to a couple of recruiters and then sit back and hope literally every day i was working as hard getting a job as i am in a job it was just on different things right so i'm prospecting so i wasn't just so i was looking every recruiter that could have positions for me i was registering on the relevant sites um, who would give me alerts to the right positions, LinkedIn and, and certain um, recruiter sites, yep. uh, and trying to filter it so it, I didn't get a load of noise, but so I get alerts to go and have a look. Yep. Um, and I was reaching out cold. So of, of about at the end, I had about 13 um, different opportunities at different stages. Right. At least half of those were self-created by me. Some okay. were from recruiters, some were from headhunters but at least half I'd reached directly to corporate customers and several I'd reached out where there was no job advertised, where I thought I've got value here because of specific reason. It wasn't speculative. I'd like a job. Do you have any going? It was, I could add value to you because I can see there is commonality between what I've done before and what you're doing and something I've read on your blog or on your website. And, and I think this is there any, And I had several reach back saying, actually, we're just doing our budgets and looking for someone, but they haven't advertised a role yet. I'm trying to get there to be in that discussion before they've advertised a role and they've got 50 CVs. Can I even be, can I close the sale before they go to market, right? Um, and what I do about it is, you know, how, how good does your CV look and stand out? Mm -hmm. Number one. Yeah. Have other people look at it. And I had several recruiters give me feedback and tune right. things, which was great. Because right. you, you're blindsided to it, right? Number one. Mm -hmm. To make it look pretty, I used um, a, an online website to do that, which had templates right. and put a nice banner in your picture. So too many I see as a recruit when I'm recruiting, where it is literally plain white paper and they look exactly the same. Now, I'm not saying put wonderful flowers and animation on it, but there are things you can do to make it more aesthetically pleasing. 
yep. and templates online that will give you guidance to it. Just search CV template and you'll, yep. it'll open your eyes up to it. So I, I did that. Good. I also put references in there. So, you know, if you've got LinkedIn references from people saying you did a fantastic job relevant to the role you're trying to get, mm. you've already got that individual's permission to cut and paste it into your CV because it's on a public website. Absolutely. So you don't even need to go and ask someone to do it. If you haven't got them, I'd recommend get them, get them on your LinkedIn profile because it's public and, and it stays with it forever and a day. But get reference. So in my, because I'm in a sales role, I, I have in there graphs of performance under a role, you know, achievements with evidential customer names and numbers and customer quotes and employer quotes of what I did that drove an outcome. What, what am I being judged on yeah. in the roles I'm going for? How do I get them to see I'm really strong at the outcome they want for someone in that role? in the cv rather than just say here's facts how do i give evidence so i did that and make sure your social it varies on different jobs i get that but if someone is going to consider looking at you for, on social linkedin at and, and anywhere check what you represent online so firstly my recommendation would be open an incognito browser open a browser you're not logged into do it on someone else's pc and search your name in google yeah. and look on the first two or three pages and see what comes up that it finds on you yeah. and have a look at what comes up because a recruiter could do exactly that in seconds and is there anything there that you wouldn't be proud of or is you know you've got your facebook profile open security and you've got all your drunk pictures which is fine mm -hmm. but not for a potential employer to see no. make it private to your friends take seconds look at the photo you use on your profiles and you can test it on a site I always recommend called photofeeler.com okay. as to which photo it gets the best reaction from the first impression from people who don't know you. Great um, what about your personal brand, right? Personal brand is if someone, uh, anywhere anyone can see anything on you, what impression does it give them of you? Yes, perfect that. definition. You, I just want to pick up on a couple of things there. First and foremost, your social media footprint. I mean, my goodness, what you've just said there, of course a recruiter's going to do that. We're going to check out your Facebook, your Instagram, your Twitter, your Clubhouse. If you're on Clubhouse now, we want to see consistency. I'm not so bothered about drunken photos on Facebook. We're not going to judge you for it. But like you say, that's your personal brand. And I also just want to pick up on what you said about LinkedIn endorsements, because I think they are so powerful. But I'm very pleased that you refer to customers, because it shouldn't just be all your colleagues in your team. It should be what you what do your customers actually say about you? Because for me, if I was you were pitching to me as a prospect, there isn't a job, but I love that feedback. That's amazingly proactive. You're creating, you know, a, a need within a business where, like you say, you're not going to be battling against all the other candidates. It's such a brilliant strategy, Ian. And I genuinely think that in most talent short markets, which let's face it, most are this is what you should be doing to get yourself that next step. Even if you're not redundant, even if you're not at risk of redundancy or you've been furloughed, if you're doing this for career progression, everything yeah. that Ian is saying, you should be thinking about doing. I think it's a brilliant, brilliant piece of advice. So to con sorry. And I was going to say, if you do it as you go along, it isn't a big job. If you wait, you need to do it. Yeah. Now you've got everything on your plate. So I always, if a customer says, here's the way to do it. If a customer says, well, now you did a fantastic job, whatever, that's the time Absolutely. to reach them and say, thank you so much. Would you do this? 
if and in hearing this you're thinking i wish i'd done that someone said something to me three years ago here's what to do go back to them now and say i just listened to a podcast and do you know what i learned something and i should have asked you something and, to, and be totally transparent Absolutely. that you just learned, learned about this and you've been making a mistake and i want to ask you would you would you be kind enough to help me something i just learned to do and then i've had people on podcasts where i've spoken about this and they've come back after and said, I've got four new references from people Amazing. that have said it before. I've gone back and they give you it, right? They, they said it, they meant it. And do you know Ask what, them. well, I'll offer to give your customer an endorsement as well because it's reciprocal and because then it's powerful on their profile too. So you're doing something for them. It's an exchange. It's something you're not asking for any money off them. It's just something that will make them feel great. And like you say, it's a point, it's a point to connect with. So as we conclude what has been a very useful podcast for anybody that's listening, and don't ever assume you're not going to be in this position. And um, what does the future hold for you? Because you're in this fabulous new role now. You've just been hiring for, for your team there. So tell us about what the future holds for you. Yeah, it's a really, really exciting role. We are, in fact, a, the, a lot of our customers are recruiters. Ah. So we sell to recruiters and help recruitment teams. Uh, drive productivity and out and greater outcomes. So all the things you care about, right? The act, the, the right activity that's gone on, CV sent, um, number of placements, all this stuff. We help increase those metrics wow. um, with some pretty simple things. So I, I'm talking to a lot of recruiters from the other side now on the nature of that. Um, and it's yeah, it's exciting. We've got a new 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 number of team members coming in. Brilliant. And uh, if anyone listening to this, come and have a look at One Up Sales and happy to have a conversation if you wish to have an exploratory 30 minutes with me. Definitely. Well, I will make sure that when we share this, when it goes live, all your connection details will be on there for everybody to see. And it's been an absolute joy to have you on here today. And thank you so much for your support and good luck with the future, Ian. Thanks, Alicia. Take care. Bye.